no, I heard the album. Hmm. They they came out with the album. Right, yeah, like, I had that for like, a while. Oh yeah, that was that's in your car. Yeah, that's your shit, and that that's pretty dope. Yeah, it's very dope. But you, who's your favorite feature on that? Ooh man, <laughs> there's too many, dude. They're all just the 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 Wu Tang freestyle. Yeah, was that dope. was really dope. Was that the one? No, that was a different one. Yeah, I gotta listen to it again. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't answer that. You can't think right now. No, right now we're gonna. What, what's the song we're gonna play? Season. Um, no, just you'll you'll hear it. All right, so it's red. So I can I can cover for you. All right. <laughs> is it on? Oh, we're going. Hello? Yeah, we're going up the skis. That's a. Hello. Room service. I thank the Lord I'm not a pro. Right, they're on top of I'm dope, yeah. nigga. Change my name. I ain't like average. Great, thank you so much. Above my above average. Whole nigga tight frame with a tight camera. Told nigga I got killers on the front line. You on the sideline. Follow the guidelines or you be in the skyline. Killers on the inside and on your blind side. Shoot you right between your motherfucking eyebrows. Ooh, kill him. It's that car to five. Let me get him. I'm feeling like John Gotti Lennon and you gon' Respect my mind and my sign and my emblem You got money on your mind and we aiming at your temple Check me out or just be quiet in the library, nigga All the flowers on your grave gon' be dying every winter And as long as I'm alive, I'ma find that you is As long as I can make a dollar out of dime and a nickel Thank the Lord I'm not a broke nigga I get money, I'm a hustler So if you're buying what I'm selling, you a customer See, I can get it to you anywhere, anything But it's point blank range when a pistol bang I mix it up, I fix it up, and I switched it up. I locked down this end and got it twisted up. See, I'm a dog, but I loke with my lokes. They say you are what you smoke. I grew up around dope niggas. Uh, uh, dope niggas. I grew up around dope niggas. Cold killers, and most niggas was both nigga. Two sport niggas, I was no different from those niggas, but I was chose nigga. See those niggas, some more me than these hoes, nigga. Mama was a go getter, a coach nigga. Taught me everything I know, nigga. A soul sister taught me how to be a goaltender. Support system for that bitch who play her role with you. And those children, I ain't lying, slime. All my niggas ballin'. It's a fucking team sport. I could change the world, but I done lost the remote. All my niggas ballin'. I supposed to be ho, I could change the world I'd rather change the beast mode Coke sniffers and dope stickers And most niggas was both, nigga Explode, nigga, pop a motherfucking cork, nigga To those niggas, cause life too fucking short, nigga Get old, nigga, I ain't lying Got a gold mirror just to see my goals clearer Be a role player, role model, or you roll with them They say you don't need to be with us, they on the road, nigga That way I wouldn't come to the end of the road with them Man, all my niggas targets that's including me, ho I could change the world I'd rather change the people And definitions cause We're defined by legal woes All your hate is fuel And my needle broke Lord, I ain't a broke nigga I thank the Lord I ain't a broke nigga I thank the Lord I ain't a broke nigga I get money, I'm a hustler So if you're buying what I'm selling You a customer See, I can get it to you anywhere Anything 
but it's point blank range I when a pistol bang. I mix it up, I fix it up, and I switched it up. I locked down this end and got it twisted up. See, I'm a dog, but I loke with my lokes. They say you are what you smoke. I grew up around dope niggas. The lot ain't a broke, Nick.
fuck a slice of the apple pie with my own cake and charging my own fate. Respect Jimmy Iveen, but he gotta respect the Elohim. It's a whole new regime, and niggas playing for power. <laughs> so our music is ours, niggas only own houses. Ours was fuck you pay me, now it's fuck paying me. I pay you, put the rest away for blue. That blood money, I giggle at it. Can't even support my missus habit. Jewelry shopping in Paris, all your jewelers should be embarrassed. <laughs> blood diamonds tripping with cute, I still ain't tripping. That's life, winners and losers. <laughs> Drug dealers and abusers, America like me ruthless. My therapist said I relapsed. I said prehaps, I Freudian slipped in European whips. God sent me to break the chain. I'm the true and living, God in the flesh. The rest, these niggas is vain, a stain on the white suit, inferior IQ. Niggas that rip your shit off title just to spite you. Ah, what did I do? So try to free you. Niggas that love you but hate you because they can't be you. Dump them all in the bayou. Uh, everybody way bottle, the guy you thought you can lotto. This was meant to be a haiku. Huh. But my story's too wide to fit inside, the line is too old. He's that drugs. Hair on floor, I spaz on the stove. This is hope, no flex on, nigga. Who lied to you? Look, you're a pedestrian, don't have a question of security. I provided you. Oh, y'all thought I was washed. I'm at the cleanest, laundering dirty money like the Teamsters, huh? Shout out the Hopper back home, me in the church. When I heard you got booked, that shit hurt. Feel for you, bro, we know the system don't work. Take a young nigga, freedom over some dirt, yeah, it's legal in Colorado. Yeah, we deny. Black entrepreneurs, free enterprise, that's why it's a black market, that's why it's called the trap, that's why it's called the project, cause it's exactly that, all these people is gonna kill me. <laughs> cause the more I reveal me, the more they're afraid of the real me. Welcome back, Carter. Smile. Living in the shadow, can you imagine what kind of life it is to live? In the shadows, people see you as happy and free, because that's what you want them to see. Living two lives, happy but not free. You live in the shadows for fear of someone hurting your family or the person you love. The world is changing and they say it's time to be free, but you live with the fear of just being me. Living in the shadow feels like the safe place to be. No harm for them, no harm for me. But life is short and it's time to be free. Love who you love because life isn't guaranteed. Smile. Yeah. 
Sippin' on him Drag. Bet you wanna square the nigga yeah. hoe But I'm not him Goddamn, ayy Damn, that's Ma. a big bitch But she yeah. run it up Ayy, y'all 15 for you runners up Bought a ball main hoodie yeah. And I would once Bought a ball yeah. main hoodie yeah. And I would once Slide through the jets New tech, man Young nigga on tech Still a cracker, nigga, bitch Fuck a record deal, nigga Made more walk Fuck the rap game, nigga I'm just talking how I'm living Sippin' champagne in the hot tub with my bitch I don't know, I just love a thick bitch that can strip Ten bands in my pocket, got me walking with a limp Bought a brand new Glock with a see-through clip, nigga I've been rap been slow, trap been poppin' Rap been slow down, blue hundreds Going through the pain, I don't wanna sell dope But this all a nigga know, ayy Choose up, bitch, we can win Yeah, nigga fell off, but I bounce back again Crazy, 
Show time, make I make it very clear to you You're very dear to me, an honor of me share to you Me not unfair to you Women I want to really make you know that I will always join near to you But me know me not no fear to you Me stand up like a man and I'll be okay. there because I care for you Long time you're telling me not a girl I come here to you Woman if you leave me now I'm gonna shed a lot of tear for you You want to breathe and still you're not exhaling Say you want to leave cause this relationship failing Ain't nobody said that it would be smooth sailing Girl I want to know why you're bailing Ship yo So what's that supposed to be about baby Can't free up your vibe and stop acting crazy Blame me one of the good guys Only time a nigga died, he was playing the role But now niggas get they soul stole so often The only thing they offer demons is awake in a coffin For men watch a coffin Down the Austin streets adopt orphans Morphin' to abortions without precaution Follow what I be, but there's too many wanna be Jordan Too many forces, nigga, they can make a fortune scoring Too many wanna be actors instead of achieving the masters At least a badges, but no, too many wanna be rappers huh? That's just statistics, don't mistake before hit big Chris Like niggas in the white house, supplying white out On Jim Crow laws, you probably missed it Ought to be persistent when you try to fight for your existence It ain't easy living life like this When you trying to be righteous But no one nigga might just leave you lifeless For prices, high-tech devices So we detect now to meet your crisis Yo, it ain't easy living life like this When you trying to be righteous But no one nigga might just leave you lifeless For prices, high-tech devices So we detect now to meet your crisis Person, mad nervous, you surrender disturbing Look him in the eye, if made you die You know you murk him right there Plus his height is like right yeah, so you know if you were fight fair, then you have them like quite scared But don't forget to tech hell high by your right ear So listen loud and clear, you don't wanna lose your life there And don't you show a slight tear, well let them sight fear Just let them disappear tonight, yeah, yeah, what your like is Robbed by the crackheads, left alone in the apartments Mothers be jobless, so they make dollars shaking it topless And daddy been gone, said he took off like ostrich Since he gained knowledge, I'm keeping it with the synopsis And shit like that make you wish you were adopted To escape the pain, you join the gang and get intoxicated Had no no shame, nothing wrong with some Mary Jane. The only thing is you do with a game. It ain't easy living life like this. When you tryna be righteous, but no one nigga might just leave you lifeless for prices. High tech devices, so we detect now to meet your crisis. It ain't easy living life like this. When you tryna be righteous, but no one nigga might just leave you lifeless for prices. High tech devices, so we detect now to meet your crisis. Right? Yeah. I know you're gonna hold it down, though. You know what I mean? 
Imagine me fed up, a go get up for more cheddar. Po never blow more letters, cause I know no better. No error, no steeds, no Kirk, no Lee, no school, no OG, no talent, no me. What if I just say act right? What if I pack crack white, but my sack tight? Join the gap fight, they could clack tight. Slide in the vibe with the black stripe, and get my friends the back knife, cause that's life, nigga. It ain't easy living life like this when you tryna be righteous, but no one nigga might just leave you lifeless for prices. High tech devices, so keep the technology. Meet your crisis. Yo, it ain't easy living life like this. When you tryna be righteous, but no one nigga might just leave you lifeless for prices. High tech devices, so need the tech now to meet your crisis. It ain't easy living life like this. When you tryna be Good evening, Mutiny Radio, San Francisco. This is Professor Gable. I'm Jima. And our guest is here, P. Whaley. Let's give him a round of applause. Peace. Welcome, we got welcome to the Mutiny Radio building. Yeah, we got a lot of guests in here tonight. We got TD Camp and uh, Mint Rock and Equiptos, too. So thank you all for board, board coming. You know all standing by. Yeah, this is definitely a special night. Right. Well, it's been, it's like an accumulation of like, you know, board stiff, like, you know, build up, you know. No, nah, we're going one by one. One by one. Slowly, yeah. yeah. Right. And we're getting everybody in here. Yeah, it's been dope. It's uh-huh. dope. And, and uh, you're, I mean, you're back, uh, you know, we've talked about the documentary before, but you're back and, you, I mean, you're already back and as soon as you got back, you've been shooting for the movie, right? Is that why you came through? Uh, that's why I came, you know, I, I, the brothers put out the call, you know, like, mm-hmm. it'd be dope if you can come out, you know. So I was like, you know what, I'm making it happen. I got a little hall pass from wifey, <laughs> you know, to, to fly out and find a cool ticket. It was like, yo, I'm coming. Let's do it. That's what's so up. So basically, since I touched down, my sister picked me up, went to eat, and then been hooking, stayed at White Mike's. Nice. You know, and just been just stiff. That's it. Yeah. You know, getting video footage in. It was a pauses yesterday and recording yeah. a little, maybe. They was playing me stuff. You know, there was, yeah. the, you know, because I got a lab at the, at the house, so yeah. I can, you know, track some things out. But it was just good to build with the brothers. No, definitely. You yeah. Know, and, and just just feel the vibe and heard some stuff that had me excited you know has it been a long time since y'all have been all together at once a lot like this a minute i want to say i want to say when we did the um the kwan's sort of celebration show for his life okay which was last time we was all i want to say 2014 maybe that was wow okay Um, five years it's been a minute man it's been a minute you know so it was time Mm -hmm. it was time to just reconnect you know and um, yeah, man, it's exciting. I was liking the music I was hearing, man. It was like the BS feel. Yeah, I heard a little you know? bit too. It's been dope. They've been, they've been yeah. in the lab at it. Yeah, know? definitely. So it's, it's good to hear, man. And how, I mean, how does it feel coming back and actually like getting back to the place where you know, like, okay, I could start filming and like, you know, like, you, did you feel like when you're in Atlanta, you just kind of looking at the same stuff and like, did you feel like an urge to come back? Like, yeah, it's the right time to do it too. Yeah, you know, because we're all on Facebook. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's been See a, what's going on. a blessing, you know, as far as, I guess I'm the only one who's been away. Right. Mm. Like moved away from, you know, out of California and been right. gone. So for me, it's like, I'd say, you know, online, Facebook, social media has been a, a, a good way of keeping in the loop with brothers. And so mm-hmm. we have a whole little, you know, like a stiff Facebook email session <laughs> where we're all like posting hello old shit and, and you know, and just sharing stories. And so. I knew that the documentary was happening and was like, yo, I got to get out here and make this shit happen, man. So, brothers came. Brothers came to make it happen, you know? Uh, it's exciting, man. It's exciting times, you know? 
definitely exciting times can you say how much of the documentary is like been done sort of so far yeah it's hard for me to actually tell you know because there's been like white mike's been doing interviews with people and like Mm -hmm. he's been they've been setting things up you know i heard the grouch and a plus got interviewed so i've seen i've seen little glimpses of stuff here and there so collectively i don't really know how much was done i just know that Mm -hmm. i needed to make sure i came out to contribute mm-hmm. you know to the the story that needs to be told man because there's not any other group like board stiff mm-hmm. no definitely you know, so i just feel blessed to have been a part of that man because the stiff was my musical family yes mm-hmm. you know and like that's how i got my voice yeah was definitely. through the stiff you know and i think that's you know the last poet that talked about that as far as one of the most important things for any artist is finding your voice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh that's board stiff enabled me to do that you know and so I'll always be forever part of the stiff for that, man. That's dope. Was there like a particular time where you're like, oh, you know what? Like, I think I got it now. Where you just eventually you're like, huh, I guess I got this now. Like, <laughs> or I'm getting more. Yeah, more. you know, I kind of feel it like kind of building on, but I can go longer, you know? You know, I started out playing the trumpet. Oh, really? You know, so. I think I heard my, that. Actually. My parents met in New York. Mm, okay. And my mom was a waitress at the time at the Village Gate, which okay. was a famous jazz club. And my dad was taking pictures for like all the jazz legends. Oh, so that's, that's how crazy. they met. So I basically met around jazz music. Mm. Um, and so wow. since I was little, kind of like E. Yeah, like I was going to say that. E's yeah. probably, like, that's one of the reasons me and E always connected too. Was both our dads was like big into jazz music. Jazz dads. And so when I was like four and five, I'm backstage with, you know, Ama Jamal and, you know, Elvin yeah. Jones and hanging out with legends. Wow. Mm-hmm. And didn't really understand what was going on at the time but just remember right. like the blue lights you know man, and hearing the music and like Frankie Gant giving me drumsticks you know mm-hmm. and so wow. I, jazz was always a part of it so for me I started out playing trumpet okay and then I jazz got trumpet. got braces you know went to low got braces <laughs> in 10th grade and I couldn't play you went to low, low. I went okay. to low yeah. yeah I went to low and I got braces My I was in the jazz band I was in the advanced band and my teacher used to talk to me every day you know what I mean like hey Pablo I was the first trumpet got yeah. braces and I couldn't play Yeah. and I, so I quit yeah. he didn't speak to me for the rest of the two years at low like he didn't talk to me oh, never wow. again after that he was um, mad you quit right Damn. and then that's that's sort of for me when I started to shift like I reconnected with E mm-hmm. on the 48 cause day. y'all met at rooftop we went to rooftop together so yeah. I had known him but we like fell out of touch like he went to Hoover with me for a little while right and then he you know ended up leaving Hoover and um, so we reconnected on the 48 one day hey. and, and I was like what's good man what's your he was like rapping you know I was like oh where you rapping <laughs> so I was like I always was gonna produce uh, okay I was like originally gonna be like producer DJ yeah. I was making pause button mixtapes and sh- you know at the time mm. and so me and him hooked up and he was doing raps to beats I had made on the pause button tell me about what a pause button mixtape so a pause button's like I had like a teak tape deck uh-huh. with the recorder so you find this the bit of the song you want to sample okay right and you it's already on record uh-huh. with the pause button pause down so no recording is happening uh, you okay. get to the point that you want to record and unpause it let it play for that loop so you loop. press pause again uh, rewind the song uh, damn. play it again get to that point right which you want to sample unpause yeah. it oh, pause it it's like copy paste copy yeah. paste yeah. Or, you know I would spend. It's like highlight. You I would like spend. I, that was, that took hours. That's crazy, man. And so, but I didn't have equipment, you know. Because yeah, like yeah. you'd have to redo no that a bunch too. SP twelve hundred. Like my dream was to have an SP twelve hundred. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, at some point. So, Did you ever get one? 
Nah, I got a motif eventually. TD, you got an SB1200? Nah, he had the Casio. Casio. <laughs> That's why we hooked up with TD. T had the equipment. But um, basically, you know, I, I reconnected with E mm-hmm. on the 48, and we started doing music. That's dope. Uh, and, and eventually, E was like, you know, write a rap, P. Come on, man. You like? I was like, man, I'm, I ain't really tripping on a rap. He was like, just write one. So I wrote one called Use Your Head. To one of your beats. Yeah, and then he, I spit it for him. He was like, that's kind of dope, though. Uh, you should keep, <laughs> keep writing. That's dope. So he was the reason I started writing. And wait, at yeah. this point, were you listening to hip-hop? Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. You were like, in it already. Yeah, like, I was like, you know, Run DMC and Curtis Blow and, you know, okay. um, Slick Rick, you know, and all that. Um, we were influenced, but I wasn't yet thinking about being right. an artist. Right. I, was, I was in the jazz band. Like, I was uh-huh. doing music... You know that kind of music, and so I, w- I wasn't tripping about being a hip hop artist, but I was still dabbling in beats, you know, and starting to produce. And uh, so, yeah, he was the sort of the catalyst for reconnecting. And then we hooked up with TD, TD, mm-hmm. and TD. Well, before then, me and E had a different DJ, and then with Honey D, Honey D, right? And so, went to his house in Hunters Point one day, spent all day recording, mm-hmm. none of it recorded. What? Like the, the, the oh, for whatever reason the, the tape just never actually like we recorded a whole album like didn't press and it like or got on the bus got on fifteen third like let's play this shit you know what I'm saying let's hear it uh, and it was yeah. nothing it was nothing there we was just in oh, tears crazy. me and E was in tears like come on buddy serious wait how long have you were you recording no, was in tears like I, I just wanted to die man I was like you gotta be kidding like this was gonna make us right here you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Make um, but then you know <laughs> so it was like we need to, so we've we funny. lost touch with honey d after that bit and, and we, we got in contact with t and t had equipment mm. i'm saying his okay. pops are just you know i think a give little, you a little, a little bit a little uh, something you well, had, well, I, I had can a, you hit the mic please mic, TD? Oh, okay yeah right. well, i had a job and my mom's boyfriend convinced uh convinced her like hey you know if you should you know if he's gonna save and pay for half of it you should Get him another turntable, you know, if he's gonna buy one of them. So I saved uh, up nice. working and had mm. turntable. When, when we first hooked up, remember, I just had two turntables, a mixer. You didn't have the um, cast. At first, I had the Radio Shack mixer, uh-huh. but then I got one with a crossfader from actually Jules, live around the corner from me, Julian. Mm. Jules, mm. yeah. Um, had a mixer that from mm. some old DJ crew he was down with mm-hmm. that he wasn't using because he wasn't DJing. Okay. And I got oh. that mixer, and then we finally had a mixer that had. That had the mic input. It had like a, a a few faders on it, so you could have like your turntables. You could have a little some extra going. Mm-hmm. And then I had a little. I had seen how Pause had this little Casio keyboard. It was like a SK one. DJ Pause. And now they had mm-hmm. the, they had the SK fives, and those are the ones you see the commercial. And it's like, oh, sample your dog. Or they didn't say even say sample. They were like, record your dog, and they go Casio though. Yeah, yeah. So you could sample little sounds, but there was a line in on it too, not just a microphone. So you all of a sudden you got your turntable going, and you can have four little samples going wow. you could loop them you could reverse them you could you could record an arrangement of them mm-hmm. so the quality was really it was like Changy. 8-bit right so it was yeah. like really but Changy. it sounded you know it was, it was crunchy right it sounded mm-hmm. good and you can just have a little drum break record playing under it so you got your little simon simon harris drum breaks Remember and where do you like get those right. from you take them from records so you sample like some little just started like finding very samples and stuff <laughs> and, like, and then you also got to speed white. it up i mean that's very the type white. of sampling where where you gotta um you gotta have the record going the right speed in order for the loop to work mm. you know so what there's yeah, no yeah, there's no truncating the or like editing it down yeah. Yeah, yeah you know it's gonna sample this long either half time or full time you mm-hmm. 
you know, I don't, I don't get too technical. But, no, you know, that's no, good. But, 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 but that came even later, though, because our first recording came off a of 45 King vinyl. Yeah, yeah. And no, me and Whaley. Well, I had that. Me and Whaley. That, we, we just didn't use it for that one. But yeah, we were just playing instrument. When you first came over, you first guys had your rap books. Yeah, we came over and we're like, all right, well, what instruments we got? And we played the 45 King. <laughs> me and Whaley had songs ready to go. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> when we met yeah. TD, right. we was already ready to roll. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, they, had, they had an hour like down beat. Use your head. Like we had. I still have rap books. I'm saying yeah. like Dope. the shit like all we was organized. <laughs> I'm saying like we was for real organized. Were, you, so were, a, were it, y'all organized or were you organized? No, nah, it was me. It was me. I'm saying, but we would sit played, down and I'll plan and plot it. Yeah, they had their songs. And like ready. we was ready to go. Like you, it was not just me. Queasy was really org- and he had rap books. Like uh, he was organized and he always wrote. Yeah, I'm saying he always had a rap book. He couldn't understand all his, like if you look at the words like he was not a little more un- scribbly and shit. I was probably I was spending like way more time printing hella perfect. I look back some of those raps. Oh my god, my shit was like every letter was perfect. Really? Yeah. Like how did I have time to do all this shit, man? Did you like write them and then rewrote them in the book? Like erase, erase like a R. So it was like, like I just spent hella time writing. Yeah, you guys dope. had all these songs ready to go and ideas. We was like, ready hey, to go. Sometimes, sometimes like oh we were thinking this sample for this one and like some of the stuff. Yeah, so you know, and we started uh, committed to excellence. CTE. CTE. That then was we found a group out, name. Raider started yeah. using that theme. For uh, the, okay. And we we're like, oh, all right, so we can't be CTE. Uh, <laughs> Before that, we was urban crime. Like me uh, and E right. was urban crime, uh, and then we had CTE. Uh, urban crime. Yeah, yeah. So then we went through a few things. It's a trip, man. The whole process. We're you know? Yeah, go through it. We were a pack of few pedestrians. Yeah. We were like <laughs> a few things. <laughs> Pack a few pedestrians. Pack a few pedestrians was just kind of many little, little title. You know? I think it was like a Three Shades was kind of late eighty ish. So we were trying to break out of that maybe like in the ninety. You know, going into the ninety one ish. You know, nineties ninety one ish. You were named Three Shades in the late eighties. Three Shades are really? Nah, nah. Three Shades was 91, 90. No, nah, no, nah, it was not okay. 90. 90. It was a 90. Yeah, it was 90. I was 90 to 92, we were Three Shades. Right, right, right. Okay. But you had yeah. you had tapes to all these yeah, group we, names we, too. We yeah. did shows and like went to other cities and stuff as Three Shades of Rhythm, and that was our demo. Okay. Even at Law, I did it. I organized a talent show my senior year <laughs> yeah. at Law through my, uh, through my economics class. Classic. Right, so we had to vote on a project, and mm-hmm. I, I pitched a talent show, and everyone was like, yeah, let's do that. They voted on it. I couldn't perform in the talent show and win a prize because mm-hmm. it would be like, you know, conflict Shoot, of interest. Right, right, right. Um, so they were like, you can just be in the showcase. Like, I, you can just <laughs> yeah, perform and then, you know, we can have the, the, the prize set aside separate from you guys. So I had the hoodies. Right, the hoodies. In the, um, uh, and the yeah, hoodies was... Our, our bigger conglomerate. Right, it was, was like, y'all were part of the hoodies too. We was part right? of the hoodies, yeah. right? But the hoodies was like, like before the stiff... And after it was, the, it was the hoodie. Yeah, right. A lot of it was just all the folks that used to come record in my house. Like mm-hmm. all, all, all of our friends. My, right, Mike, he was called the neighborhood visitor. Right, Mike, that was yeah. his route because Bonds. he lived like three blocks away from me. Mint Rock. Right. You were at, you were there too. That was with Mint Rocky. Yeah, everyone <laughs> around. Rocky and Bi, they were top notch. That was their group. Top top notch. We were just talking about the top notch songs. They had two dope ass. They had a few dope ass. They need to come in the club too, man. Right. Everybody need to get so up the, in the backstage. So oh. the hoodies was in the in in the talent show, and the hoodies ended up winning the whole talent show. Oh shit! And it was a hundred dollars. I think one twenty five was the prize. Yeah, where's that video? Um, I don't know where that video. We gotta is. find that one. Oh, it was dope though. It fell off the stage. Oh. <laughs> hey, 
for the that's, dog. That's when the Lakeview cats was chasing us because they was mad. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was they was hella mad. How y'all win? They was mad at White Mike and, White Mike. and JoJo. Oh, they were. Oh, for wow. winning? It was a female drama. It was a female. Oh, yeah. It was a sticky situation. Put the money in the pockets. That was our hook right there. That was the hook. That was for the talent show? Right. Talent show. Yeah, like, oh, okay, they won. They ripped it. That's money in the pocket, dude. So, what did y'all do? Y'all did that song? Y'all had a song mm-hmm. that y'all yeah, did? Was, just well, hoodies did, because we did. Yeah. I three shades perform didn't perform, but that oh, was like okay, okay. hoodies without three shades. Right, 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 right. Okay. It was dope, though. I remember that. It was Eventually, dope. hoodies became more stiff, like just as right. the years progressed and mm-hmm. we all started doing shows together, it was like as one group. Right. And it was also Mike just writing BS everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like Brussels sprout, Brussels whatever sprout. else, oh, anything yeah. that was BS. Right. Like he was, he'd like write something different, so it wasn't, and board stiff kind of stuck. Would you say that like graffiti art is sort of connected to the culture of board stiff through that? Yeah, definitely. Do that and more. Yeah. We all yeah, sort of all. you know tagged at different points in time, man. You know, as far as like hopping on the Injuda, mm. mm-hmm. <clears throat> I used to ride the back of the Injuda. I'm saying where the con- where the yeah, connectors yeah, yeah, are, yeah, hold yeah. on to the windshield wiper going through the hun- the tunnel, the Bose tunnel. <laughs> you know, it was like and one of my one of the homies fell off one Rocky time, fell off oh. and busted no, his no, head. No, we had to Mike carry him up to St. Luke's. I fell off the J before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we invented that. Me and my brothers invented. Uh, Jumping on the back on yeah. the on the connector. Me and my older brothers, Lakeen, Laway, everybody know we invented that. And we didn't just jump on the back. We went through the tunnel. Right, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, we Where you going? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. going 40 yeah. miles an hour. East Portal, East Portal yeah. Tunnel. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the DeBose Park Tunnel. Yep. take you to Cold Valley. Yeah. Going through there at 50 miles an hour, holding yeah, on to man. You better not fall off. You better not. But somebody did fall off? Somebody, when I was when doing it. Fell off, oh, when you fell off? Yeah. One of the homies, he got scared. Like, it was like some narcs. Uh, Some narcs on the on the train that uh, seen us holding on. It was like as soon as we I'm saying stop this yeah, train, y'all in trouble. He was like nervous and shit shook. We was like just chill. I'm saying holding going through the tunnel. Don't worry. It was like five of us on the back that time. We was overdoing it. You know one. We wasn't satisfied with just doing it. We was overdoing it. Everything. He tried to jump off a little too early and shit. Just easier when you get in between the trains, but when you're on the last one. Yeah. You ever rap about that? Nah, man. <laughs> I, I, I remember one thing though um, about the scene back then. When you talk about the influence of Graf, and, yeah, um, it was it was a, the influence I remember that that you don't really see anymore. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but for a long time, the scene out here, the way it influenced hip hop was that you didn't you weren't just like flamboyant about what you were doing right it was like you didn't have that kind of arrogance it was right. like oh if you know what i do you know yeah. because you should know and mm. you know if you don't then yeah well you just didn't even know yeah exactly. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that whole type of attitude was right. also with the music too right it wasn't just about like oh this is what i do and oh you don't know about me and follow me like, yeah, yeah follow me it was yeah. totally different right attitude. and the follow whole scene me. was kind of like that it was like oh you just you ain't even cool enough to know you right know? so i ain't saying nothing oh yeah you heard about him yeah you don't know who the fuck he is well mm. do you know that's me yeah, yeah. don't don't talk about it be about it yeah, yeah. Exactly. that's basically what it was exactly so you, you know think, you think people try to like maybe are trying to prove themselves too much in like music these days or like it's, just i wouldn't say culture? too much it's just the change it's just a, a shift that's happened different to say it's right. better or worse or whatever it's just right. that was the difference then it was mm-hmm. it was it was cool right. <laughs> and social cool media back. also like you kind of have to promote your yeah, stuff on yeah. some level you know right it's like, like everyone else is right exactly like, that like, kind of halted a lot of our scene through the years because we was just on the under our scene was right. like so tight with this game that right we weren't really just all about being like 
that kind of manager person who's right, just out right. there all just big up in themselves about right. like oh right, you know, right, here's right. my new shit and here's this like shut up corny you motherfucker gotta find it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah and as an independent you know as independent artist too you have to do some promotion you know right. what I mean which for me personally is like I, know, I like to make the music but I don't always want to be the one out there like promoting my shit, like yeah. digging up. Like that's that's really not me, you know. So that's something you have to recognize when you, as an independent artist, is like how to do that. And if you don't want to do that, have somebody else who is their job, who's part of the crew, to do that. So know? that's what I was gonna say. So how did you guys get off the ground and and kind of get out there and were able to do these shows out of the city and stuff like that and sell records? You know what I mean, I overseas and all that. The first ones was because, like, Julian, Julian was a little older than us. Right. Our, our so, boy Julian, uh, who's part of the this, this stiff, but he was, like, four four or five years older than us mm -hmm. at the time. Well, still is, but I mean. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, he's, but, two, he's two years older than me, Then I'm two years older than you Yeah, guys. so he's four so years like, older than us. He was already in the clubs. Mm -hmm. So, he, you know, we was 16 and 17. We were too young to go into some of these spots. Right. You know, so we needed somebody a little older who can, like, politic and wiggle our way, their way in and like negotiate things and make it happen so Jules was a big part of like why we were able to go to LA you know like, like Mr. Fives that was or Mr. Crackin', Fives that was here club what's that here Mr. Fives is popping club San Diego remember when did was that with Paws yeah we, 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 we went to San Diego and did a show with, with Paws we opened up for Dell in San Luis Obispo San Luis Obispo opened up yeah. for Dell damn um, so we you know we this is all we're like 16, 17 yeah. senior year in high school but these are like dope shows not just like open mics well the stuff, thing is like, some right. of the shows back then too like I remember when we did San Diego like they didn't that know us cracking. but we went and did it and they were just going crazy yeah, ripped it he was like we couldn't even come into the club until it was time for us to perform because we was too young it was like y'all I gotta I wait upstairs yeah, and shit. You get you know? escorted in and escorted out. Uh, yeah, y'all gotta wow. wait upstairs in the kitchen and shit. And then once <laughs> showtime, like y'all can come through the kitchen and like it was like that, you know. So well, I mean, you earlier you were saying like you know like everybody knew each other, you know. And when you're doing stuff here, everybody's kind of like, oh yeah, I seen you. You know, we you see each other all the time. So how has that changed from like yeah, you see each other all the time to like now you have to like kind of politic more because you don't necessarily it's not the same type of like you know local connectivity all the time you know like did it change things for you or like was it just fun to ride out I mean, when you're talking about you mean like nowadays versus then or like no just like then you know like you're saying like you know you, people having to you know say that they do something but you, uh, you you know you know people you know like yeah. you know I mean well the thing is around. we were always about just making music you know yeah, making new music yeah. and so we're doing a show we're even doing a song we recorded that day mm. you know mm. we're not like oh all right we got to promote our single right this is the song we've been doing for over a year now right. and now we're going to do it again so we were it was a whole different mentality the way um the business was done and us as artists were just having fun recording and all mm. excited about our music and right. like oh just having fun together like oh shit we record a new song let's go share it with people right. um so we just weren't that business minded in that sense right. and we didn't have the anyone in the bay area especially at that time it's still that to a certain degree it's still like it is that the money in the industry was down south in la if not in new york right it wasn't even in the south at that time really right um, unless it was maybe country music or something mm. but if you were popping and doing your thing in the music business you wanted to be like a manager you wanted to be like something like that right. you did your thing and then moved down to la right so there weren't really those mentors and people up here for like kind of like all right well all right we'll work with you and we right. found some I, honestly our first man was, was marnell remember marnell. we were part of a crew we were part of a conglomerate called crimson nation corporation <laughs> and they got us like right up written up in the source yeah that's right that was our first manager actually billy right. jam wrote about us right um, that's like, true way I back i forgot about him um 
and other demos like Nurse Spence Dookie and like different people. Like, <laughs> Billy Jam's still around too, right? Um, about stuff. Plus, you know, word of mouth, man. I mean, you know, people talk. Mm-hmm. You know, like when we did, you know, even some of the Three Shades shit, it got out to like Norway. I'm saying Japan, like we have people reaching out to us yeah. from there, it from was, word of mouth. So how did so too. people you were sending them out there? Skateboarders, skateboard. Javante Turner, yeah, Mike right. Carroll was my that's folks right. skateboarding. Javante Turner was so out like, doing things and wiggling. And it. Different he, people that we knew through different people that are out there traveling. Right. Even uh, Del Turner, like he 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 was in the three shade stuff, and you know right. I know he put some people on when people were like, oh, so what else is going on in the Bay Area, Del? Right. You know. So, but I know like some of, some skateboard homies that were blowing up that yeah. that I started skateboarding with, like. Mike Carroll, I got him his first sponsorship. Javante tournament. He when we went to Wash together, we skated together all the time. Right. So like when we're, we're like, oh, TD's got a group, and and then mm. it was a small world too because a lot of us we all knew people. Like although the three of us and like you guys knew each other, some of you when when you were younger. Mm-hmm. But the little clicks in the city of mm-hmm. how as we got older and we did our music, how the different people we knew in our it, it was almost like it was a small town right. kind of thing. It's like, oh, really? Like, damn, a lot of us all know the same people. Right. right. And some of those people were out there traveling. And it was about, like, that was the thing back then is dubbing tapes and sharing tapes from where you're from. Right. And the Bay Area obviously had a little scene that people in other places were curious about. And we had a sound that was sort of unique. I'm mm-hmm. saying for the for the Bay at the time, and nobody was really doing exactly what we were. So word of mouth happens, and, and people start to reach out to us to do shows, mm. and that's kind of what it was. Like somehow or another, it would come to us. Like yeah, we need right. y'all want to open up for so and so. We've done some you know some dope shows like as far as Gangstar and like yeah, Goody right. Mob and, and and DNA Lounge with House of Pain and like Nas, did a lot before Nas even was yeah right the, all those bomb shows that right they all the bomb used to do. with David Paul yeah. you know and a lot of yeah. we used to open up for FM Two O which was Qbert and uh, uh, Mixmaster okay. Mike and right. Apollo their their group was a yeah that was their rap group. That's and crazy. so they and then had Knuckle Neck Tribe as their dancer. So we would open up for them on quite a few shows. Right. Um, and, right. And you yeah, as long yeah. as you know go out there and, and represent yeah, and do and your job, out. like people talk. Yeah. And, and word gets around, it's like, yo, they can rock, they can bring some people, you know. Yeah. So that's that's part of what helped us too, just word of mouth, you know, and, and making making good music. You that's know? dope. I mean that sounds like really like damn just goes to show the power of that. But has there ever been a time where like you've kind of had to draw the line and be like no like we're just doing this for the music like people try to push like some sort of you know promotional agenda or like you know like yeah you gotta do it like this and you're like nah dude like you know I'm just trying to do this you know I think we drew the line when when Three Shades was trying you know we had opportunities to get signed wait I was gonna ask about that yeah because we've talked about Three Shades a lot on Old Soul Radio before y'all have shown up and there's there's been a recurring story about <laughs> which one is this the Motown one when y'all went to have a a, deal, a label meeting right, with Motown yeah, right in LA and E didn't he didn't want to do it no, no. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he didn't want to do the, the the have the meeting or, or what no you Sign. don't remember <clears throat> which one what? Yeah, I mean just what happened <laughs> I mean, you could skip ahead and just say that we're in a boardroom and E has basically got his head on the table, basically taking a nap. <laughs> right, that's what I heard. Like, that so he much took to the that. point that he was bored stiff. In yeah, the that's how like, bored stiff became. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. Was it just, wanted, was just, just warm in there? More, <laughs> they wanted more songs like Boom Cocka Boom. After that, it was uh, right. It was kind of uh, like uh, one of these yeah. things. It was like, oh, white DJ, you know, mixed black and yeah, white, white true. MC, oh, Chinese, oh, Japanese, yeah. Colombian. 
oh, me yeah. United uh, Colors of Benetton. You know, it was uh, like, the, I had, like they would try and have those talks with me as like the producer. Like, so tell me, like, all right, how are we gonna? What's the marketing? Um, what's the marketing plan for Three Shades of Rhythm? So you know, and they're like trying to talk. And I'm like, hold on, um, <laughs> I don't really have a marketing plan. Like, not what the name means or what. Yeah. The more like, we, the more we listened to what they were saying, the more we was like, hey, uh, I ain't feeling none of this, man. Right. Like this and isn't really we, us. Yeah, you know, and so like that's that's I think where the line got drawn. You're talking about like uh-huh. that's when it happened because after that uh-huh. everything sort of shifted. You know, and then we came back and kind of formed board stiff. Right, basically. Uh-huh. I mean, that's sort of we were like when the whole industry. Right, right. Kind of taste of it. we're doing it on our own. We were, we started mm-hmm. doing a compilation you know? called the People's Compilation. Right. Uh, okay. And we were and I don't think at that time we were well, we were the hoodies then. With the people's compilation, we weren't bored stiff yet. We're not bored stiff yet. But we were just a bunch of people recording together. Right. And it wasn't all about the, the hoodies was sort of in parallel with three shades. I was shades, talking, I saw, you I know? saw E later on. I said, Oh, that shit didn't work out? No. I told you. Now let's do this shit. Yeah. <laughs> we gonna do this shit. We gonna roll like this. Right. It's gonna work out like this. Three sides every story. But one one of the ones right. that unfortunately shit. I remember that shit. We we did have one opportunity that I wish we you know, I kinda look back and like, oh, I wish we had taken that one. There was one good, really good opportunity. Group merchant? Too, but uh, group merchant? merchant, the record store, right. they were just starting a label called Love and Hate. Right. That, that eventually became you Equity, mm-hmm. okay. and they wanted their first rap group to be Three Shades, Three Shades. with a single. Oh. They had a 12-inch deal for us, yeah. but they started putting out reissues. This is when like digging in the crates and like not the crew but like literally going and finding samples was was like it was it was crazy (laughs) everything it was crazy and like so you'd find certain recordings or stuff that was really rare and this is right when labels start just started reissuing those old 70 Mm -hmm. records so they started doing some reissues and it blew up and they're like we can't even handle the management of this right now we got to hold off on the rap side of stuff right so they said i mean i said about the letters were like unfortunately sorry like we're unable to put you know do go forward with the project right now but like that would have been the one we really liked mike and jody yeah we were ready with it with the old brew merchant it was an old shop across the street it was different i don't hate um still on hate and that was gonna be that was gonna be the good opportunity because we were really they would they were finding samples for us they loved our music too and it was it was a good synergy so yeah that's right i was like oh it didn't happen they tried to hook us up with delicious vinyl and the contract was missing pages and we weren't really feeling them and stuff but they told us when um (laughs) they was like yo you guys tribe called quest is coming to um to the, to the record store oh, you guys want to come what? down and meet them it was the whole they closed the whole shop it was just us Three Shades oh, and Tribe what? Called Quest that yeah. happened and Fife that wasn't happened. in there though Fife was in the video oh yeah. you, you went uh, the, yeah we went we was like me he was like oh shit yeah. fuck are you serious T we was serious yes. let's go right now <laughs> and y'all met him yeah we met him man wow. did they say he anything? was like all looking through the cr- what, like, what year was this final. this was like 92 90. 91 92? probably yeah it's like Low and Theory just dropped yeah right after Low and Theory Theory. It's like the yeah. height of trash. I just, yeah, God, jaw was just dropped the whole time. Like, what's up, Q Tips? Like, oh yeah, like, what's up, son? What's up, kid? Come on, Ali Shahid, Ali Shahid too. Yeah, I went right next to Ali Shahid. Like, it's too dope. Over here. <laughs> <laughs> that was incredible. That was an incredible and then time. Black Sheep at Bobby G's, other groups. Right, we met Black yeah, Sheep at Bobby G's. You like yeah. talk to like have conversation? Yeah, we should have meet like, like that. But it was like it's not like right. It wasn't like you'd have a line out the door of people that was like up on all the shit too. Or right, right. It was ill. Yeah, that was definitely ill. Were y'all there when um uh K Dubba rap with Method Man? I wasn't there. Outside of Zebra down on Lower Eight. Yeah, I heard about it though. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, Red Man and Method Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Red Man and Method Man. Man. And Illis. Quance kind of scared Biggie off the stage once, right? What? what? He didn't scare him, but like at the gavin or something. Biggie was supposed to come out on stage, and he saw Quance like getting up on stage from out of the crowd. <laughs> he was like, oh, it's too rowdy out here. <laughs> 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 at uh, was it City Nights? Or, oh, no, not City Nights. One up the hill from that uh, Sound Factory. Right? Sound Factory was the uh, Black Sheep show. We go, we rock, and that was GLP too. GLP, Boris Stiff, huh. uh, Black Sheep. Uh, I think Knuck, uh, KNT, the KNT huh. performed that night. It was an ill show. They used mm. to do good. It was an ill show shows too. Right. Yeah. Can you r- run through some of like the the, the classic venues of like Maritime Hall? Do? Maritime Hall was DNA like was been around DNA Lounge, right. um, Sound SSB Factory, was, um, Kennel, Kennel Club, was, was Kennel Club on the Ville. Before that, it was the Kennel Club. I Beam. The I Beam. But little spot. The spot that like the open mic and like spot that people would go to perform like just like kind of under spot was called the Upper Room, and it was over by Civic Center above the Burger King. Oh yeah. Oh whoa. Upper Room. Yeah. Muhammad from uh, Midnight Voices. He was on the Real World, like the first or second, right, like one right. of those old ones. Mm-hmm. He had a group called Midnight Voices, mm-hmm. um, and his dad, uh, his dad was like, I think his dad was a poet and like artist from out here in the Bay. And mm-hmm. um, Muhammad and his dad, like they had this spot called the Upper Room. It was a cool spot. Like folks go there, like freestyle. There was a lot of freestyle going on and open mics that was and like stuff like that. Life. It was, it was like Mr. Fives was dope too. Yeah, Mr. Fives. <laughs> you know, Mr. Fives right off Market Street. That kind of morphed into what was some of the owners of like 330 Rich and Kennel Club and mm-hmm. and uh, even now today like uh, out in Oakland, what's it called? Um, Mena and we we right to Mena. One of them. There was even 444 Daharo. 444 Daharo. What? Right on uh right off of Van Ness. <laughs> oh yeah, that was drama with GLP took oh, over once. They wildin' up in here. Opio was it that show? Was up in there with that was the show. <laughs> yeah, that was the, that was that one the show. show. Got taken over. Yeah, it was drama. It got taken over. JT came through. Oh no, I'm thinking of the Victoria. Like it was your show and they just came through and you like. Yeah. A few, there was, I think there was a lineup of a bunch of people forming, and they were like, "Why isn't G- GLP on here?" And they, they came, came and just took over the whole. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever we promoted it, already, I don't know. They just yeah. it wasn't feeling it. I know there were there. I know there was some we chairs flying, right and there was some drama. <laughs> 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 we, 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 we rocked it already, though, like a month before. Give me right. the mic. The Hungarian Center was. The Hungarian Center was like a place that was going on for a good couple months or a month or something. That's true. And then so I think we walked rocked one before, and then after that, they took over like a uh, Domino Festo Opio came through a show, and then or, or you know I think Belief I know it was Fest and Ope. Opio and, and, um, and then we were all backstage, and then it was just got crazy. This motherfucker just ran through the whole thing, and just you know no one got hurt though. You know what I'm saying? But it was just crazy. They took over the show. JT did Danker Dope. I'll never forget. I was like, oh, I love that song. Shit. Go ahead, fuck it. Hmm. <laughs> like, what, what are we gonna do anyway? You feel me? Like, but uh, yeah, Hungarian Center was a crazy uh, venue. It was definitely Frisco, super Frisco. The biggest spot though for a long time was Maritime Hall. Like, Maritime. like big shows, like right. really big shows and big groups coming through. Yeah, that's that's where y'all open up for Gangstar, right? Right. Uh, Goody Mob too. Yeah. No, nah, that was Goody Mob. Goody Mob. Oh, that was DNA. DNA. Okay. Yeah. What was that like opening up for Gangstar? I remember we uh, met. 
premiere and sound check, man. Just, Damn, just, oh, go, just to go pay respects. Wow. You know what I mean? Just gave him some dad, man. Said what's up, and it was incredible. You know, like wow. that's the kind of like we always was heavily inspired by like Gangstar and yeah. Tribe and Black Sheep, and like that was a heavy influence on our music, man. Yeah, so it was like stream coming. When I got the gang, I remember when when Step in the Arena came out. Mm. I bought it at Bobby G's. Yeah, on vinyl. I ran home. I'm saying like uh, three literally, of us, we were on the phone like, ran home. like holy yeah. shit did you, <laughs> hear, that? Did you hear this yeah. one like, did you hear this played one? the whole thing from start to finish was just like couldn't even believe it man yeah. just like, you know what I mean played like, it for right, moms like, moms you gotta listen to this moms <laughs> like you know it was like it was incredible man it just affected affected everything dope you know? ass album that's, I remember t- literally watching it, the the video of uh, just to get a rep at your house, mm-hmm. Cole Mama's house, mm. and we'd be there watching it. Like, couldn't wait for that album to drop. Huh. Oh I God. remember watching that video, like just to get a rep. Like, this shit is crazy. Like, yeah, right. yeah. Nice. It, I don't know. It's a trip. When I don't know how easy it is. I don't, I, I can't imagine what it is, what it's like to try and think of the influence of music like that. It's when you're looking back, you're like, okay, it was like a whatever. But when it hit at the time and there's nothing like it, right, you can't right, really yeah. understand that perspective unless you lived through it. Yeah, yeah definitely. Right. Definitely. Right. <clears throat> right. What, so, what's the? Do you think that that's possible for music today to have that same impact? Yeah, definitely. I think so. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's different because the whole thing that that was special about that time was not only that, like all these things were becoming possible in a whole bunch of different ways Mm -hmm. um culturally technology like audio technology at the time Mm -hmm. was presenting things that could never be done before Mm -hmm. so like you have this whole like audio technology revolution happening basically with like digital shit being able to start Mm -hmm. happening Mm -hmm. um so when you have things like that where you got some kind of shift of something new happening or some something that can influence like that then it can it can always happen again but a lot of that stuff is uh, i don't know how much brand new like music changing technology is coming out right now there's some stuff but not like back then it was like a really big shift back then you think it's kind of plateauing right now just the rate of like the technology i think it has for a long time yeah Yeah. i mean as soon as you got it to where like you can have whole songs in a computer and chop them up and do stuff like that that's like oh okay wow you can do anything now (laughs) what Um, are some artists that you can think of who are like of today that you would liken to a tribe called Quest, not stylistically, but impact wise. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like not like this doesn't sound the same as them, mm-hmm. but you think would not like even culturally though? Well, like, or yeah. just doing something different maybe. I just it could be culturally, but I just mean like something that like moves like people for a, a timeless. You know, I mean, I it's think like Kendrick, timeless music. I mean, like I think what Kendrick's done musically mm-hmm. and lyrically mm-hmm. has advanced the art. Mm-hmm. Okay, and dope. I think that's sort of what we're talking about exactly. is like can the art still be advanced yeah and i think the art definitely can be advanced but it, that requires authenticity mm-hmm. right. that requires creativity mm-hmm. and a certain amount of fearlessness right to be right. like yeah. you know what i don't give a fuck what's going on you know like yeah. that's what board stiff represented yes it was like we're bored of the same shit we're bored of police brutality we're bored of all like everything and just it, it reflected in the music mm. so if you go and listen to all the music there was an authenticity of rawness that was present yeah not only in the lyrics but the beats too mm-hmm. you got to take some some right. some risks you know man and push the envelope and not be worried about being looked at as different because like 
you know our music was different but yet we was influenced by the hood scene right. and, the, and the coog nuts i'm saying the two shorts right but also the krs1 you know right. what i mean like you had all this it was like where the the hood met the the intellectual slash conscious like that was boris dip was sort of the you know the 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 fusion the swirling the, the uh, of everything into one and out of that we 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 found our own authenticity you know and so it can always be advanced you know i have full faith in that man definitely that's dope. What about you? Any other artists you can think of? Um, Mint too. I don't know. I mean, think of Ken Le- Kendrick Lamar, and like he's like he's a pop star too. I mean, sure, Tribe was like big, but they were still like they were like they were like anti-pop, mm-hmm. right? So there's still there's tons of like more undergroups now because they don't really fit into the pop kind of like you know like the chosen few pop artists that are big right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody right now that I would compare to a tribe. It's hard to. to, to. I love <laughs> well, I mean, like, but you're the greatest. I mean, there's like, if you think about hip hop, like, I can't. Eat this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's hard to compare one day to the other because everything's so different. Like, there's so many like sub genres of whatever you know because it's evolved so much. But like, do do you think like do you think back then things were more clear cut as to like what is what as in terms of music or like do you think there's more ambiguity to music so it's even hard to tell like one thing i trip off is like if you think about tribe tribe produced tribe right okay and like you know public Ooh. enemy and the bomb squad you know, hank shockley like mm-hmm. people were producing their own it's like everyone had their own sound right yeah or you and, worked with a producer and that was the producer you right worked and with. nowadays mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. a corporate agenda like there's all these mixtures of different producers working on something like right. i don't i don't i don't love that you know my love i still can love appreciate the music but i love what i love was like when people come with their own sound yeah and, yeah, and some continuity mm-hmm. to it like an album like people make singles nowadays they don't make albums yeah mm-hmm. and I feel like that sort of takes away from, from what's possible at times because you get something out of working with the same group of people mm-hmm. for a while there's some sort of magic and, and, and spirituality that can be influenced that can influence the music when you do that definitely you know so like working with T and it's still like that's how some of the magic was created because we stayed together. We wasn't getting beats from like <laughs> other people in LA, and you know right. like it, that didn't happen. It was all organic, right. you know. So I think that sort of ties into things is, is working with the same people, you know. Did you do that for your solo album too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Shine, you know. They mostly those are all mostly Bib Bib beats, and uh, you know I've always been involved in production. So like I had made some contributions, you know, like I would do the 808s on some stuff and yeah. heavily involved with the mixing and dope. play trumpet on on a few tracks. That's um, dope. I, you know, I was like, you know, I gotta play trumpet on here. Hell yeah! You know, so I sort of dusted off the the, the trumpet and you know worked on my my chops a little bit and yeah. played some licks on Lifelines and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, Lifelines. on a couple other songs on the JoJo song. That we did and a couple songs on E's album. Oh, that and was you on yeah, the that was Joe me and JoJo's song. song. That's crazy. Uh-huh. Like, uh, Pablo and, and Eve, they've always had a big part of the production of all the music they've always worked on. And Definitely, some artists don't really have much to say with the production, or they might just choose like beats they like. But these guys have always kind of maybe people haven't realized how much 
a part of the production they really are. Mm. He is is one of the dopest producers out there, but he doesn't even think of himself. He's like, oh, I'm right. going to fuck around and like make <laughs> right. a beat or something. No, this guy has made hundreds of beats. <laughs> right. Dope as fuck. And like, so much, so much <laughs> People wouldn't even know. And Pablo mm. produced all kinds of Borstiff right. stuff. Where like, I might, I might you know, just be like, wow. I might be like adding some little drum sounds or like working on the mix or like maybe I, I, I worked on it in the studio, but mm. Pablo did most of the production on it. And then Big and I, like work, we worked on a lot of the, the Borstiff stuff together because he didn't have a sampler at the time. So he right. come over and be like oh t let's make this together right. yeah but like yeah. mix it together and stuff like that mix it yeah mm -hmm. i do a lot of the mixing mm -hmm. um but just creating the beats and like working out the arrangement and stuff like that we worked as a group on all that stuff that's right dope. you know that's it. I got there might be some times where like i had someone was like oh this is perfect the way it is but a lot of times it was us all just collaborating who, like, who dj the live shows I already, I always DJ the live DJ. Yeah. yeah, but um, I mean, we didn't always have a lot of vinyl of our own stuff too. So, depending on the right. era, depending on you know how we were doing it, but right. I was always back there making sure that the music was playing and right. cutting something on there and doing yeah. something. Yeah, you were saying that's what you started out like DJing in the first place, like DJing and producing. So I don't know yeah. how you got into DJing in the first place. All right, how did you get into DJing? Um, oh, yeah. How did I get it? Well, I mean, I started out, I mean, Pablo started as a trumpet player. I started as a saxophone player. Right. Oh. And I grew up with music around. My, my parents were performers. Aptis. My dad is a, too, huh? he was a music professor at State. So I grew right. up around oh. music. And then when, when I moved, uh, I was always really heavily into skateboarding. And then mm -hmm. I got injured a lot. And the next kind of thing, like... <laughs> <laughs> Like, T got this video. I got to tell the story. What? T has a video of uh, well, maybe it's not even a video, but basically he was skating on a half pipe, right? And um, his pinky, he was trying to do a oh. trick, oh. and his pinky caught the uh half iron. So it was, you know, nah, somebody else dropped in on the other side and messed up. Their board <laughs> flew and hit my pinky, so my pinky kind of sticks out a little bit. Like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? <laughs> Anytime I think about you skating, I think about that story. It's just, it goes. Hand yeah, but hand. I, that was just one of my. I had a lot of injuries. Like eventually, it got to, and finally, when skateboarding got to be all about rails, right? I was like, I've had a lot of injuries. I'm not breaking my balls. You yeah. know, skating is not fun yeah. anymore. Yeah. Like guys, all right, you know, you guys go on with that. Yeah. I'm start. Uh, I'm really into this music and. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, you was gonna go pro for skating. skating. I had a board. I, you know, I had some. Where were the skate oh, parks damn. back then? There were none. There, there was the none? dish in Hunters Point. Okay. As far as a park, right, otherwise it was dish. like finding spots in the city. The you were in Embarcadero. Yeah. We were like, I was part of the first generation bar. This is like, this is in the '90s. This is the '80s. Like, wow. this is like '86. Right. This is like when we saw That's Tommy G out. skating yeah. there. And if you was. Who's Tommy G? Tommy Grail. Oh, okay. legend, legendary <laughs> San Francisco professional skater. Okay, like, okay. He basically invented street skating for most people in the world with wow. his, like even from his scenes on the Bones Brigade. Uh, Tommy Grail. the right. videos. But that's, I mean, because San Francisco was like the mecca of street skating. Street skate. Wow. So I was all into that. But then um, eventually, like I, I had, I always had whatever job trying to do whatever. And I, um, and I was all into getting turntables. So I got a turntable. My mom got me the other turntable. And I just, because before that, I was just taking like the all in one stereos. Like right, we got like yeah, a turntable yeah. and, a, and a tape Built deck. In, yep. And I had mine that I had got as a hand me down, and my mom had hers. And then I'd take a portable radio, put it next to the speakers for both. Right. And I'd have one turntable with the volume on the control on that one, and the other turntable with the volume. That's uh, dope. And I'd fuck up the records because I didn't really understand slip mats and all that. Right, and, right. and there was this called belt drive, so it's right, all like. Can't scratch it. But at least right. I had two sources of music yeah. where I could even play one and maybe even try scratching on the other one with like uh, some little yeah. dial volume. So whatever you're doing what you can and eventually just different ways of getting more and more equipment by the time these mm -hmm. guys started coming over i had two turntables work with what you got and a microphone we recorded a lot of stuff live we did just yeah uh, straight 
sometimes two mics but one mic can just pass it over back and a lot forth. of elements know you, change know your stuff, lyrics, three shades like know? all kinds of wow. and then i finally and then i got a four track and we and every day they come over after school and we record on four track I mean, I think that speaks to, you know, practicing mm-hmm. your craft. Yes. And I think, you know, technology has made it easier for a lot of people to access the music, but right. maybe not as easy. I think people might overlook the importance of practicing at some points in Definitely. time. Definitely, yeah. and, and just really spend, like, me and Eve just spit raps to each other over the phone. Like, you got a version, I'm saying? Let me spit it. Like, How's it sound? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, yeah. And it, it's, <laughs> but it's like, that's important. It's yeah. important, you know? It's important to stay on each other. Yeah. It's like, you know, you... Is this saying you can't sharpen a sword with a sponge? Wow, yeah. and and that and that's, that's true. That's like what me and him. What me and him was always yeah. about. It's like you know, like man, you can't like iron sharpens iron. Yeah, you know, and it's important to push each other and to practice your craft. And I think that really helped us for like shows, like knowing your lyrics. Yes, right. delivering your lyrics. You know, clearly, and it's like we took that seriously. You know, we definitely pushed. I'm each sure other. you had that, like even from. I know you were a good soccer player. You were a good trumpet player. Like the things that we did as kids, like me with the skateboard and, and saxophone. It was like we're really like practicing because we enjoy doing it, but really we want to be good at it. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's definitely it's the same with soccer. I grew up playing soccer. Worked at a soccer store, Sunset Soccer, around 33rd and Irving. Damn. That was my first job when I was 12. Oh shit. Um, and it's you know lacing shoes and it was the dopest ever because like I got 50% off it. I'm having $200 soccer shoes. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> which they cost that much. You know wow. back then. That's crazy. kangaroo leather. Um, but yeah, man, it's like. <laughs> It was, it was, you know, you, we wanted to be great. And I think, I mean, to me, like, the Niners had a lot to do with that as far as, like, seeing greatness. Like, at the time, the you know, Niners were winning Super Bowls, like, 81, 84, 88, 89. Mm-hmm. And just seeing, like, wow, okay, they represent for the whole city. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, look, and I know that kind of pushed me. I think for music, because we were kind of in on the craft and the scene and what was going on and what was coming out, we were so tapped into just what what that whole what was coming out every week and every month with music and hip hop that was based around New York but mm-hmm. where we wanted to have we wanted to like oh we want, we're going to do our thing we want to have a voice and we, we want to be like oh shit like we want to have them be able to hear us and right. be like oh shit they got some shit out there right and there was a few folks out here that were doing that and right. not not a lot but you know you had like your freestyle fellowship down in LA LA yeah you had high row high row you the had bay. mystic journeyman mm-hmm. and what they were doing mm-hmm. um you had hobo junction right mm-hmm. and you had um then you know there was there was other people that popped up, but there weren't that many people with equipment. And like how you were saying, like where you had a group and you had a producer, and like you guys are making your own thing. And you're not just like copying someone else's beat right, and doing right. something else. This gimmicky yeah. that someone else did. There was only, it's only so many crews and people really doing it back then. Right. Mm. Um, it's true. That's really true, man. So how did you find yourself in that scene? Besides, I know you said word of mouth, but like who? Maybe like who was the like the the person or few people that were able to take y'all from rapping like together in your rooms and stuff to like you know being a part being like you know in the same sort of i don't want to say it but like genre as like a high row or like a, a hobo junction or something like i think that. it made a big difference when we started going to the studio and recording and okay. that was right soon after like as soon as as soon as i hooked up with them talking renting studio time yeah right. that like, was like our classroom yeah mm-hmm. we'd go there and we'd pay 15 dollars an hour to go to jam studios yeah. up on monterey boulevard on monterey. Wow. and 
that was my classroom. Monterey was, Boulevard. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Monterey. That was the spot. A lot of people actually there? went to, to Jam Studios downstairs. At, yeah, Mark Shahada had a studio oh. called Jam Studio. That's there great. was another one, Studio, uh, what was it, Studio 280, right uh, up from Beeps Burgers? On Lakeview. Uh, Don uh, Hunter on, Don on Lakeview. Studio. Yeah, that was another that one. Was that was our second spot. There we were little to. studios around where, you know, you pay your 15, 20 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. It might not be the biggest. It's maybe a home studio or something, but it's got, it's got a booth. It's got, or, well, Jam Studio didn't have a booth, but uh, nope. but they got some nice equipment, and you're in there learning, and they They'll, they'll all have like a sampler so if you don't have a sampler you're gonna go in there and sample your stuff and Dumb. usually you're in there like most groups that we would see go through stuff like that like they're in there working on a beat maybe for two sessions mm-hmm. then the third one maybe they're like putting some vocals down fourth session maybe they got a song you know we'd try and get our stuff together and knock out a couple songs mm-hmm. and eventually but at first we were just going in there recording and that kind of made it to where now we got songs now we can go to KCSF down at City College, mm-hmm. the radio right. station, and David Paul has David his Paul show with um, what's his name from Total Devastation. Um, oh. Yeah, Tone. Um, Tone. Yeah, so um, we go down there and they let us play our demos on the radio. Mm-hmm. Dave Paul, huh? Mm-hmm. And then Dell's coming through to do an interview, so we meet Dell and he, maybe he got opio and casual with him or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then okay. Domino lives around the corner from right, me and has right the same the sampler as me. Right. That's crazy. Whoa. And Domino lives behind Groove Merchant where we're going and we're trying to put out our record. Right. <laughs> And everyone comes through Groove Merchant. That's an A and R from all these labels trying to find out like, oh, what's where's the next sample and who's the next group and what's that. Right. And that was a little hub. Groove mm-hmm. Merchant was a little hub. You know, you got Beastie Boys coming there. You got like every A and R, like I'm saying, from different labels. That's anyone crazy. who's into sampling when they're coming to San Francisco, they're going to Groove Merchant. It's still like that too, right? Sort of. Is it? I think I mean I don't know everybody I know that listens to records goes to Groove Merchant oh okay as far as Groove Merchant yeah I'm sure like for digging and no I'm talking about going to Groove Merchant yeah but the music scene doesn't revolve around that with hip hop like the whole scene and culture of it doesn't revolve around a store like that no definitely but I think there's definitely like sort of a niche scene you know what I mean yeah definitely successful producers and stuff who are who are sort of together and know where all the different spots are in different cities and shit so that's where it's still alive but that was the scene back then like right. that was the shit back it wasn't then now niche. it's like it's yeah, it, yeah well it was but it was like it was the shit though it right. hadn't bubbled it hadn't come to the surface yet and now it's come to the surface and gone back under right yeah. right right where it's right. still alive and it's beautiful in a lot of regards it's the same but yeah. at that time it was on the rise and we didn't know where it was gonna stop do you guys like like the rock marcianos and stuff like that <laughs> have you heard of that before no it's not i didn't hear that uh, I think you guys like rock Marshall. Yeah, yeah. I, I, listen, I listen to stuff that's out. And there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff out there. Honestly, mm-hmm. like there's tons of good stuff. You if you don't, there's stuff you you think that there isn't good stuff. You're just not looking. Who have <laughs> you been listening to lately? Um, it depends what mood I'm in. I mean, I'll be honest with you. What I usually listen to, I listen to a lot of old school stuff. Your favorite mm-hmm. group, new group is the Internet. Oh, the Internet, oh, yeah. Sid. The That's internet. probably my wife's favorite group. But I like listening to them. Yeah, but I listen to all kinds dope. of stuff. It depends what mood you're in and who you're with. Yeah, you know, true, there's so much good true, stuff out true. there for different situations. If I want to, if if I want to listen to some underground stuff, or I don't even like calling it underground stuff. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's all music. <laughs> yeah, man. Amidst I mean, the radar, yeah. I listen to like a lot of international, like world music too. Mm-hmm. Like Fatumata, she's an artist out of Mali. She's oh, super dope. I mean, yeah. so I've always been global in my yeah. musical thinking, and I th- that's part of what made our music dope and diverse because we didn't just listen to one genre. Right, like, we were all influenced by so many different genres. Yeah, I listen yeah. to dub all the time and reggae. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, so that had a huge in- influence on on the music. You know, like mm-hmm. there's a huge element of this stiff that is like rasta yeah, yeah. and, and i cut my locks and i mean i had locks for 16 years yeah uh-huh. you know so 
I cut him in 2007, but like wow. that was always a big element. Like the stiff was kind of like American Rasta in some from some standpoint, because like we were dealing with the same oppressive forces here. You know, right. what I mean, a lot of the rises we're dealing with in Jamaica, you know, as far as just society and police brutality and, and oppression. Um, so, you know, we kind of used our music to speak out. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a similar to the Rasta, you know, movement. Do it independently. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Support yourself. Hell you know? yeah. So we was kind of always self-sufficient. Yeah. And that's, that's that, that carried out throughout our music. I think. No doubt. I mean, now, like, you know, I know you, you said you got your studio space out in Atlanta. Right. Um, how has making music, you know, somewhere that far away and also at, at this time, uh, how has your process changed through all that? Uh, yeah, that's a good question, man. Um, you know, being around Board Stiff always inspired me lyrically. Mm. Right. Because, like I said, iron, you know, you can't sharpen a sword with a sponge. So being around the brothers always pushed me as a lyricist. But at the core, it's like I was always into just making the music. Right. So when I moved to, went to Minnesota for grad school, that's when I bought the motif. I mean, that's when I bought the G4, the Apple G4, and, like, started to build the studio. Because I was like, mm. if I'm going to be in grad school out here studying ultrasound, I need to have a studio. Because <clears throat> if I'm going to be in the middle of nowhere, right. I need to be able to create. Right. Um, so, I fo- I, that's when I started focusing more on just producing, because I finally had my own equipment. Mm. You know, prior to prior to me leaving to go to grad school, I didn't need to have my own equipment. Right. I'm saying we had TD, we had all these big, big shine, had stuff, so I didn't need my own, but... Once I moved away, I needed to buy my own. So that's when I started to really focus more on production. Yeah. Not as much as lyrics. Right. Because like I said, the stiff was always my inspiration to write. Right. So uh, more production right now. More production. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's like they always kept me in the loop. Like, we need you on a, tr- on a track. You know what I'm saying? Send yeah. me the instrumental. That's what's need, happening now. We need a Whaley verse. And so yeah. it's like, <laughs> so now it's like, you know, White Mike blowing me up Texas. Like, yeah. come on, we need a Whaley verse. But so they've always pushed me. You know, it's like, I also, like I said, I have five kids, so there's all these different levels of stuff around family, you know, yeah, that you yeah. have to deal with as far as responsibilities. But I still always make time for the music. You know, yeah, I think yeah. that's part of what nourishes my soul. But yeah, mostly production, you know, mixing and, and getting into the mastering and releasing. You know, I've been building the studio for 17 years now. Yeah, wow. it's a process, you know. The same spot. Yeah, just yeah. you know, wherever I'm at, you know, you keep adding on. Yeah, of course. You keep adding on, man. It's it's, it's never ending. So you built a studio yourself, and I've heard before from people in in the music that you're like a mathematician. Yeah, I went to Berkeley, uh, <clears throat> study mathematics. Okay, you know, I was math and pre med, and the plan was sort of, you know, I always wanted to do, you know, basically MD PhD. What's the okay? The MD is like you know the doctor yeah, of medicine, doctor. the PhD, the scientist. So I was right. like, heal and do the research. Wow. Okay. You know, and so I was doing neuro neurosurgery was the plan. Damn. Um, and then I came out Have of. You done that? No, I did. I did. <laughs> I didn't follow the whole path. It's like I came out of Berkeley and was like, I need to teach for a little while. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I taught in Oakland for three years. Dope. In East Oakland. Te- teaching. Teaching mathematics. Math, math. High yeah, school. Eighth or grade. Like eighth grade. Eighth grade. Oh wow. So I was like the youngest teacher in school, and also the department chair, because they were like, "You actually know math, like you have a degree <laughs> in math, which is rare. Like that's one yeah. of the problems with our the school system is like you have PE teachers teaching algebra. It's like, right. well, right. Come on. you know, like how's that gonna work? Yeah. Um. So I did that for three years, man. But it's like, and that's when I was making from all angles, mm-hmm. right? From so that's you know that sort of funded my whole music. Um, that whole album mm-hmm. but it's like that was never what I wanted to be as far as career like I'm in the classroom right, I wanted right. to go back to school right, so right. I, I bombed the MCAT and I did good on the GRE 
and it's like I ended up getting you know, tests. Yeah, the MCAT is the, <laughs> the test you take to get into medical school. Okay, okay. And the GRE is the test you take to go to graduate school. Okay. You know, so I did good on the GRE. Had like four ride offers to several PhD programs in biomedical engineering. Wow. So that's what I did in grad school. Because for me, it was all about sound. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to study ultrasound in grad school. How do you heal the body with sound? Ultrasound. Oh. And that's what I was working on. Damn. Um, I ended up leaving just with my master's. I didn't stay for the PhD because I started to see the business of science. Wow. And I, I, I was like, you know what? I'm not feeling that. Damn. I don't want to write grants to, from, you know, all these corporations that don't really want to heal people. Right. And, and ask them for money. Because right. the things I was trying to do was like killing bacteria using sound waves. Well, what what drug company is going to fund that? Right. If I'm the scientist, right, like that's like going against them selling their products. So right. Yeah. I just bounced, man. I, I after you know I prayed on. I was like, you know what? I'm not feeling this. Uh, so then I I ended up on in D.C. after okay. at the patent office. So I've been doing biotech patent examination for the past 13 years. Wow. Damn. So I decide which which biotech companies get patents on their inventions. Oh shit! Wow. At so, the top of the food chain. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's dope because it's like allowed me to, you know keep the family fed yeah. and clothed yeah. and not have to like stress off where am I going to be getting money from this week right, right. <laughs> I work from home yeah you know so it's like I make my own schedule and my commute 75 feet you know so it's <laughs> like I go downstairs to the studio you know it's like I have my own schedule at the same time I can make music hell yeah so it's now I, I couldn't do like the corporate nine to five thing mm. so this is definitely like a, a perfect situation as far as like taking care of the fam but also have like it's like artist scientist I mean, right. I mean artist professional right artist I can still do the arts but I can still be a professional because yeah. I think it's okay for people to have different interests do you yes. know there is if it's it's like if you want to do science or you want to do something like that pursue it mm-hmm. but still make room for your art yes you know I never wanted to for music to be my hustle right I always hustled for the music. Right, because then you'd have to compromise the music. And that's my own choice. That's not a knock on... You know anybody who's like full fledged hustle to music like, right. like that's all I wanted to do it. Right, I'm right, saying right. me personally, my path. Right, music was a sacred space. Definitely, yeah. And it's like I didn't want to have the pressure of like we got to drop an album, saying because yeah. I got to eat. Yeah, like, I just didn't want that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want it. You so, know, so so will we hear like a P. Whaley instrumental album? You think? I'm about, I just gave E a copy of um, I'm just finished a project called Keep Jazz Alive. Ooh, I like and it's that. basically like. Basically, my tribute to jazz music because, okay, like, that's dope. the reason why I'm here. Like I said, my mom and my dad met in New York because my mom worked at a jazz club dope. and pops took pictures of like all the legends. Um, so when I was born, I'm a Jamal. TD actually knows this because he gave me the album. <clears throat> when I was born, I'm a Jamal was a famous <gasps> jazz pianist, did a song for me mm-hmm. called Pablo Sierra, which is my first name and my middle name. Mm-hmm. Because my Whoa. dad's good friends with him, Whoa. so it was like I already have like an album. You know, dedicated yeah. to me. Oh, you know, being born, I was like, so you know, this is like a project that's real personal. Right. I incorporated like snippets of my pops talking about jazz and leaving messages and people like I'm a Jamal and Herbie Hancock talking. Oh, Just a lot of shit. it's basically capturing oral history of the music that's mixed dope. in with instrumentals I made. It's all jazz influence. Hell yeah. You know, so it's it's, it's dope, man. It was it was fun to do. I learned a lot. I watched hours of like documentary footage on like Rasan Roland Kirk, Eric Dolphy, and just mm. just dope, just dope stuff, man. There's some stuff I knew and other stuff I had no idea. Hell yeah. So like that's the next project that's coming out. Right on. What about you, T? You know? 
uh, I have a whole instrumental album too. I'm just just finished up, got mastered, um, just getting some artwork together for it, and just I'll put it out there for people. But there's also just decades of music that I have in the vaults. Right. This is all of ours. Really? Another uh, T-Gag crazy. Vaults. Like there's like compilation after compilation after compilation and like wow. era of music and 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 literally thousands of beats. So it's like it's just too much. It's like, all right, what do you do with it all? Right. Like all the music. Do you just do you just put start putting some of it out there so at least people could hear like music that was made out here in the Bay Area that no one ever knew about right like, I know. Um, that would be dope I don't know that's always been something that I'd like to do but it's also I got a newborn son I actually got to get back home oh, oh, well, gotta, right yeah, he's a new dad he's, so, he's tired see, balancing all that yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't been much sleep I know the but, struggle but, um, but balancing all that and then also having the music my studio has been in storage for a while because I, uh, okay. um, I had to close up my spot. And mm. so really just even on my laptop, that's cool. I could do a lot on my laptop. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the the thing that I have right now is really I do have an instrumental album. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear that. I have kind of like a two-parter, which is like since you have all this instrumental music going on, we were talking about the topic of like, you know, doing things for passion or like, you know, making kind of like promotional career moves. Uh, would you ever consider doing like a soundtrack to maybe like a film or a movie or something or even namely put music out in the name of the uh, board stiff documentary definitely Ooh, I don't yeah. like that yeah we're thinking of doing <clears throat> yeah that. definitely like, do have that. music come out with the documentary <clears throat> right yeah. and licensing I think I'm big on licensing music you know I licensed some stuff to the Discovery Channel for a, wow. a show before. wow you did and that was the easiest bread I ever made yeah, I, was yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like oh it's just getting your foot in the door you know like yeah, yeah. It's, right. it's political like anything else you know right. so and there's certain process to making it happen but it's like that's definitely something I want to get back to and like getting music for the documentary soundtracks of course yeah. if it's on the under yeah but I mean I don't know I like sampling yeah right. that doesn't really work with the whole and that'll license make it harder and you, you it gets it to, on a... you know, I mean if you have in a perfect world it'd be great to have like people clearing all the shit and putting mm -hmm. it on that level but yeah, as, as long as you get the music in and have someone you know make some music that you like making and get it heard by right. folks even, and it goes where it goes at this point, I'm not into like doing the whole big promotional push of like yeah. you know marketing of it. And right. if it came around and there was a budget to do that and get everything cleared, but I'm not gonna like stop sampling right. and make some music that's all you gotta just, keep sampling a lot. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. can you can you speak a little on like you know I know at different times throughout the years there have been different uh, degrees of restriction for that stuff or like different degrees of how on it people are mm -hmm. to to you know catch you with that stuff so yeah. like, can you kind of like talk on the pro like we never evolution of that we never cleared one thing <laughs> not one but thing we also could. never made any money but like even in the industry in general you know like you know there's whether it be like the albums you listen to yeah. that were really big you know oh yeah. that slid but oh, this killed, came around yeah i mean it killed our, our art form for what we really liked mm -hmm. as hip-hop in, in, in the sense of how that mm -hmm. how we talking earlier in the interview about like just technology and how at that time you could finally start sampling little sounds and put it and how that right. all came together with people that was a discovery like it was, was like hip-hop musicians were scientists yeah like pablo right. going into being science is natural mm -hmm. for him to be a producer in hip-hop yeah. because you were experimenting mm -hmm. with right. audio at right. the time right new things the way people were sampling those samplers were not made to do that yeah they were made to like right. sample a flute instrument in the studio so you can get a real flute sound and then play that flute sound on your keyboard and yeah. have a flute sound on your keyboard mm -hmm. it was not made to sample something off of a record right yeah let's get it clear like the producers at that time yeah. the things that we were so into what they were doing we 
for me with the production i was trying to figure out how did public enemy make this album mm-hmm. how did they do this what were they doing when karis was talking about all right we take track with and then we you know he's talking about what he's doing <laughs> a song like oh my phone was in the studio like how is he doing that what does right. it sound like how does he get that on a track and mm-hmm. how are they doing this how is it possible right it wasn't possible before that right. yeah. so um I don't know coming back to to the you know the eras and what it is now um i mean you could do anything with the sound now but it's not it's still not there where it's easy where what, what would be beneficial to everybody is if you sampled something and then whoever the original artist was it was all worked out with you know the percentages of who was going to get what and we didn't have to worry about all the legalities of it right. you just put out the music because a lot of the time most of the time it's a win-win for everybody right mm-hmm. you know i learned about so many artists i never would have known right. by the breadcrumbs of samples that i went right. back through and like dug into crates. and that was the dopest thing ever it's just right. like you find like the songs that they're sampling and the messages right. in those songs and it's incredible just the 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 history and the things that you learn through like musicology through samples right yeah um so true and through the years of that all being like all of a sudden it started being a thing where like producers started going out and bragging like yeah i don't sample anything i'm a real musician right you know like it's like uh okay but you know whatever your shit is whacking yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> and, and that whole thing of like people didn't understand and most people listening to hip-hop they don't understand that undertone of the whole style and technique of hip-hop right. at all right it's like jazz when you're listening to jazz musicians there are things that the jazz musicians are doing where most of the average listeners are listening like, oh, that's a nice sounding song. Yeah. You know, like, no, you have no idea with that song that you think isn't a nice sounding song, how much of a genius that guy is for what he's doing right. with running in and out of the scales with certain things that no, mm-hmm. he's on a level that only a advanced musician would even understand what he's doing. Right. And so that's like, I mean, that's where like the jazz musicians are like the gods. And like right. what we're doing with hip hop is like, it's, it's experimental in that sense, <laughs> yeah, but it's right. still relative of how like, it's still something that the average listener, they don't understand. Like, you don't understand like, why do we love certain groups so much? They're, people right. listen back and they're like, oh, that group was all right. Yeah. Like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Guru was all right. Guru wasn't the best rapper, but you're like, you don't understand what they're doing. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> right? I mean, they, they don't get it. Like what it, the impact right, was, right. you had to really understand it. Yeah. And only a few people understood it. Right. And one only, and that's why I was talking about like those groups. Like, oh, you had your Freestyle Fellowship. You had your Hyro. You right. had your Hobo Junkies. You had your, your what became Living Legends. You had these different crews. Right. Um, those were like, you know, those crews understood it. Yeah. And other people, a lot of other people that were making music, they were just like, oh, this kind of sounds like so-and-so. Let's kind of make it like this. Oh, I want right. to beat that kind of sounds like this. And they had no mm-hmm. understanding of like the production. And then even the rhymes too. Like you get in the whole rhymes and like, the the just originality of someone just being natural with the right. way that they're progressing with their rhyme schemes and their right. delivery and yeah. and the cadence and everything yeah. and like the melodies and stuff like people some people didn't understand it at all some people really understood it and like it's the whole it's very similar to how the production too just the whole rhyme side of it like like the first time we heard freestyle fellowship it was just like oh how many people were influenced by mike and i like in in ac alone style like whole jazz they had like hundreds hundreds, thousands of children out there that are rappers that came from them they birthed them like like, you think of like the birth of mcs the whole style you ever seen i've never seen a tree you ever seen an e you ever seen a tree of like 
MC. Who birthed who and rap? Right. You trip. If someone I, put one together nicely, someone could do that, yeah. and it would be dope. Yeah. Because it's clear as day, like, who came from, like, yeah, it's you not, know, it's not a from the message right. to, you know, you know, you get Karis One. From Karis yeah, One, yeah, you yeah, got, you know, yeah. from Big Daddy Kane, you got Jay-Z. From, you know, mm-hmm. who you got. Yeah. You the got lineage. Rakim, you got Nas, and Cool G Rap, you got, you know, like, who birthed who? Like, right, you know. Still, man. To have li- lived through that is a different. No, that was no, good. To have lived through that's that. Per- that's what we do here. It's a different thing to thing. see that tree. Yeah. You know, that's what people. You know, I, I wouldn't know. The uh, that's <laughs> that's what we do here. <laughs> this is sort of a tangent-based radio station. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> support all tangents. You go with the flow, of course. Hell yeah, you go with the flow. Well, I want to close it out in a minute with some some songs sure. from uh, uh, from all angles. But I wanted to ask right. sort of like a sort of a closing question to all of you, like as like a you know what I mean, y'all are. A, Y'all are a staple in the legacy of San Francisco mm. hip hop. What is it? Thanks. I don't. Oh, of course. It. Yeah. What is it like that you want to see from the the upcoming generations from of San Francisco hip hop? What do you expect? Just just kind of what I was alluding to earlier, as far as be yourself. Mm. Like that's really what I heard from you know when you talk about De La you know what I'm saying, and Tribe Called Quest. Like being yourself, like figure out who you you are and be that mm-hmm. to the fullest, and without any influence from others. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's difficult because like there's so much we're bombarded 24/7 as far as like technology and music and everything. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to be yourself, but like when you when you hear it, you'll know it, mm-hmm. and, and just stick to that. You know, stick stick to being yourself and authentic and creative. Definitely. You know, and that's that's really the core. I would say to piggy up back off that. I mean, you're always going to be influenced by other people, and it's all right as artists. We all borrow and, mm-hmm. and learn and try and do something that someone else did, so that we can learn how to do our our version of it. But as you find yourself as an artist and build your confidence, um, you know, it's kind of a balance of like don't let anything get in your way just keep going and it's not easy and keep pushing but if you're not having fun with it then maybe it's not right for you like maybe mm-hmm. something's not right you know because like you got to have a balance there where it's like if it's all business it's mm-hmm. not all, and it's not you're being creative then something's wrong there right if it's not fun and you're in the studio with whoever you're working with arguing all the time right something's wrong yeah so it's just finding your path and mm-hmm. if it's meant to be it's meant to be but you know just keep pushing Right. Yeah. And it's gonna be yeah. There's gonna be hills you got to get over, but that's keep true, going. That's true. Right. Yeah. Right have on. fun with it though. True words. Well, hey, thank y'all very much for being here. Appreciate for having me. Yeah. Thank you. you know? Yeah. All of y'all, uh, Mint E. Thank y'all all for coming. Thank y'all for you know laying out the blueprint for us to be able to do what we do now. So mm. we're, we're we're appreciative of that for sure. And y'all are welcome back here anytime. We're here every Sunday. Whether you're in town or out of town, well, you love. can call. Mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you for being here. Appreciate well, having me, you. man. Much thank love, you. y'all.
Sports composed of how you live and what you eat Don't be messing with no fast foods I'm eating fruit, drinking tea, staying healthy With herbal remedies to heal If I fall ill, I rise from the root Not the pill, I just chill Give thanks to my mother for my birth Nine months to make that album, now it's ready for the earth Had to go and soul search when pops named me Pablo Now I give thanks and bless with Congo I told Priceless is this art like Picasso's Rock my first show when I was 14 years old So for sure I got the news Hey, my pad was late Age 5 at jazz clubs with pops backstage Set the stage for my mission I'm steady giving thanks and praises For this sound wave transmission Killer with no precision We vibrate for all those who listen Give thanks for music, it's my religion I'm not saying we're crying, I'm saying, all right, now, I'm not going to go to the business, Rasta. And with you, we can't check that. I'm a virgin, you know what I'm saying? And shoes are things are progressing, my dear. You know what I'm a virgin, I'm going to support that to the fullness. Seeing? Yes, sir. I'm going to go to the fullness. Control. Control. Can you turn this up a little too? Six, six, six. The background. Turn up a just because you want to see the awesome wax Don't make you a professional like carrying books Don't make you intellectual You gotta live it, give it 110% When you represent or present yourself For the world to observe Anything I possess, I deserve And try to take mine to get served You heard? I study harder than a nerd in the research lab A true artist working on my craft They go for broke, put math in what you wrote Don't imply hip-hop quote, can you teach what you spoke? I rip at an exponential rate And differentiate with respect to X Cause it's time to state My definition is element of the real All my theorems you'll hear them Logical validities you'll feel The rest will follow from all angles Left-handed rhyme, travel and sign curves Through these mic cables My definition my definition, my definition is element of the real, of the real, of the real, of the real, of the real. My definition, my definition, my definition is element of the real, of the real, of the real, of the real, of the real. I feel my only competition is the fourth dimension. I'm on a mission like the 14. Stop and listen. Can your vision see my force diagram? Up in studios, I'm spitting through a large diaphragm microphone. Speakers might get blown in my shows. Push lows at 50 hertz. You know I put in work for my piece of this 3.14192653535. See me live. I grab the mic always. Check one, two, walk around, test for feedback. You know how we do. I'm not new to this. Since MHOTEP, we've been doing this. Moving electrons, semiconductor, turn it up a bit. So I can speak the crowd, my sound wave from all angles. Magnetic field be more stable than a noble gas on the periodic table. Chemistry MC only, Jai is able to break Welly down into the four basic organs.
organic compounds Carbon, oxygen, hydrogen, nitrogen All present in your mass spec In the end, intellect is what collects mass respect So put it all in perspective What's your function? Let my music be my proof by induction My definition My definition My definition my definition, my definition is element of the real, 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 of the real. My definition, my definition, my definition. Away all the oppression Felt when Class was in session Dealt when Popo was disrespecting Showing no respect When the utmost was due And you know that's true Take a chance on the real To remain sane In this life Speak what you feel These lines are my lifelines That's why I write rhymes To shed light in my lifetime These lines are my lifelines That's why I write rhymes To shed light in this lifetime These lines are my lifelines That's why I write rhymes To shed light in my lifetime These lines are my lifelines Step to the mic, you know I wanna get the crowd hype. I'm a MC, but see I wanna try to shed light Cause I see so much darkness And I know deep down my people ain't heartless So let's spark this And let's embark on the journey of the mind Hoping we can find some answers in the rhymes I'ma handle mine, bubble with or without rap But still spit these lifelines Born from dreams and thoughts that run deeper than seams of the earth My words give birth to ink-filled pages My poetry transcends the ages Written down on biodegradable pages Going through so many stages Living life through these lines with a love that never changes My urge to write, recite, and put my head on the page And engage in the battle with self Lifelines pay well when the music is felt So if my heart stops beating, I can still have wealth I'm not ready to die, but not afraid I just want to live up to my potential and make a change Cause I want to have a gang of kids And tell them all about the music and the things we did Keeping it right, 90 degrees for turntables On point like ease, and we rise from all angles These lines are my lifelines, that's why I write rhymes To shed light in my lifetime These lines are my lifelines, that's why I write rhymes To shed light in this lifetime These lines are my lifelines, that's why I write rhymes To shed light in my lifetime These lines are my lifelines How you feel? I feel truly blessed to be living, breathing, giving of myself and believing. I'm here on this planet for a reason. My mind's working overtime, trying to find words for these feelings.
The lethal weapon I'm concealing Right now is my brain A phone call that could all change Plus be the difference between Life and death Cause a vest only covers your chest Not your lifestyle nevertheless Living my life with nothing but love and respect Won't guarantee my protection Cause ignorance spreads through all complexions So I play the music loud in all directions My lifelines That's why I write rhymes And shed light in my lifetimes Yeah, these rhymes are my lifelines That's why I write rhymes And shed light in my lifetimes These rhymes are my lifelines That's why I write rhymes And shed light in my lifetimes These rhymes are my lifelines That's why I write rhymes And shed light in my lifetimes Lifetime, lifetime, lifetime My life on the line My life on the line They used to hang us from trees Now we get lifetime sentences and penitentiaries For more than four centuries We was the foundation of this nation Forced into free labor Now I gotta pitch a bitch for some scholarships or some fee waivers I'm still gonna owe some G's later For my degree with college fees increasing They work me like a slave then make me buy my freedom But I ain't Denmark Bessie Unsubsidized loans stress me and oppress me like chains The pain of the middle passage is massive On the brain but I can't remain passive in the face of racism, I attack with that mental Knowledge of self is fundamental Cause even a degree don't set you free Slavery still exists in schools and industries And it's plain to see that this government don't want to see People of color get that PhD And the BS don't guarantee shit Except that I speak my mind like young equip shit I train too hard to sit out for this race Don't let me set that pace cause I get going Like Jesse Owens when he stole all the gold in Berlin And broke records set by segregation So we can watch brothers like Michael Johnson Run that 400 no competition When it go quicker than Alan Johnson Jumping over hurdles of life for 110 But only after people struggle to break down A system of oppression Take a look around on NBC We see blacks and biracials Dominate that track and Tim Duncan Duck in your face So never did this system dream of having a team Like the dream team to represent the American dream Until it seemed more profitable But we shall 
overcome all obstacles. We take it over from all angles. Angles. We take it over from all angles. Angles. We take it over from all angles. Angles. We take it over from all angles. How can we take over when everybody wants to go the route of the player instead of trying to be the owner? Paying off all these players, getting more game than half these rhyme sayers. Calling all the shots while we taking all the shots. Claiming numbers on the block with mental states on lockdown. Look around the leagues, ain't no equal opportunities. Very few's breaking through like Tony Dungy, Ray Rose, and Dennis Green. And I'm loving the way Jordan went and brought it to a team like Bling Bling. Time to make moves and ride on Nike. Been selling $180 shoes. I sacrificed and I made two. Teaching class five days a week. Got them flipping fools like reciprocals. My students write math poetry. Cause the law don't change for athletes and MCs. If you can't read graffiti on the wall, it tells all the culture and how it's gonna be taken over. Too many have been taken over due to this American voodoo. Got me used to million dollar athletes and new shoes. What we need, million dollar teachers and new schools. With new views and new outlooks. I'm working on writing a new math book to have them shook. We taking over. No, 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 no. If people think PhD stands tall, player hated degree. How we gonna see the real skill? Jails filled with brothers, but take the brothers off the field. You're giving up games plus mass appeal. If people think PhD stands tall, player hated degree. How we gonna see the real skill? Jails filled with brothers, but take the brothers off the field. You're giving up games plus mass appeal. Round up and take thanks over, over, over. Round up and take thanks over, over. Automaticians out there, what's going down? B.I.G. and Pimp Taps, you know you Independent rap artists in the bay, straight All my students in the house, what's up? I know y'all All the teachers out there, what's up? Put it down Support that music for your mind, cause we Bay Area, we taking over. Go by, 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 go by,
You have to know the facts, you have to break it down, you have to take it back Before the SSCs was the All Blacks, and it doesn't stop there, oh no, it goes back Call me Mr. Hustle on the basketball court, but soccer still is my favorite sport I played since I was five, it helped to keep me alive We used to go from Frisco to the tournament to who I Bumping 415, hoop nut, rolling up 12 deep to the field like Yeah, what's up? None of y'all know me, none of y'all can hold me Max and back and Double J playing goalie, we on a mission Stopping all competition, attacking your pack with Shane Watkins and Shiny Simpson and all my focus And everybody wearing coats, shaking fools in the game Giddy was the dopest, sick and tired, was legendary On the field, they talk about a skill from Frisco to Brazil If you wanna know the old school players on the roster Check the picture on the wall, it's Sunset Soccer And pay tribute cause the history's deep And you know we on point like when it kicks from Sharif Me, I still kick the ball, I never quit Got love for the game, locks hang like Ruhu Lit yeah, and it don't stop Frisco in the house and it don't stop Me out straight, go by, go by Breaking them that knowledge about that window of mine The ball is still the quickest player on the field And that's real Watch the run, cause one touch is hard to follow If not Kobe's types of sport lottos Okuma grand finales It's like a finale If my team is down, we always rally With the World Cup mentality Nothing but 100% is what my team gets out of me That's how I was raised Coast to play, to pave the way With my music like Pele I play to win, so my jersey is dirty Defending my goals just like Rihanna Scurry Quick as Kobe Jones when I get the goals Try to dribble too much, you get slide Tackle show, control my flow like George Weah. Sporting Adidas, been doing this for years. Soccer's a white sport, was all I used to hear. But travel the world, the most colorful games played. It's the Copa Copa. In the house, straight Copa Copa.
What up? Let's make sure I'll holler nice big pop low. Up with Chad Foods out an abandoned job crib. I tried Zelly now home. Trying you, you ain't home. Uh, somebody get back at me unless y'all out of town. See what kind of life you can invent for yourself and your time Cause all we have is time From place to place, we trace the path to different states of mind Living just to find meaning through experience Seeing for yourself firsthand makes the clearest of sense I've been all across the map and back Loving the fact that every place that I made tracks I felt welcome like a doormat Stepped on through, my eyes on you, I observe it Different lifestyles and slang used in the wording It don't take much now, believe you can leave For the price of a couple ounces of weed And be free under palm trees Sipping Mount Gay with faith Or enjoy a beach play with Monique and Shantae That's the way a 30 day stay on an island getaway is exquisite Barbados, I had to pay a visit even though my cash flow was midget I think back remembering exactly how I lived it Feeling like the riches bought a ticket and kicked it With 200 cash in my pocket Economically you can't knock it To top it off I hit some parties while I was there and straight rocked it They had never heard flows from Cali Until they met they big partner, big drove to Cali Rolling out with my man Pablo Traveling, stay on the go And this is what we see, you know My mind's going to Thailand 
pyramids down to Belize. Walking the streets, no shirt, feeling at ease. It was 90 degrees, just like a sauna in Havana. All shades of black people speaking Spanish, showing love like I'm Cubana. Architecture reveals the drama. It's told by Otamas. I'm with the Rosses, burning marijuana. And J.A. Slave soccer with Olava. Got this for my hip and got respect. I'm no imposter. Got to get out, get online to rouse over Netscape. Technology got me planning my escape. Searching for the deal. Trying to find the cheapest tickets to Brazil. My homie in you Gorgie told me it was mandatory. Then I chill. For several weeks in the very least. Said the freaks were so fine.